everybody. Welcome back to the Good Share Podcast with Ryan and Ice. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ice. All right. right. (laughs) Hey, we got it. Yeah, that was good. So we have to... Ten (laughs) chances. So we had to backtrack a bit because uh, something happened with one of the files that we captured on uh, an episode that we basically are doing this again, right? Yeah. It happens. It happens. So... I'm doing a little bit of backtracking, um, but what what's in store for us today, Ice? Well, uh, I think that like a week ago, we had this really interesting conversation about uh, a particular record, and we talked about why we liked it. And one of the things that we both agreed on was we really liked, I mean, the songwriting is good. We really liked the artists and all that in the the playing and the performances are really good. But the one thing that we, that stood out to us was like sonically, like how the record sounded was a major factor in why we liked it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that kind of got me thinking like, wouldn't it be fun if each of us could make a small list of some other records that like may or may not be our, one of our favorite records of all time, but we like them because of sonically like how they sound and then if they happen to also affect you like on an emotional level or something like that that's a bonus like i think most of the records i'm going to talk about probably fall into both categories okay um because there 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 are actually a couple (laughs) records i had on my list that were really only sonically and then, but I was like thinking about the last couple of days and I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to devote, we only have like an hour or so. I don't know if I really want to devote time to those when I feel like there are other records that are more important to me that also kind of hit both, both things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all. And we just thought it might be fun. You know, I, I don't know if that's a thing that other people, I don't know if like an average music listener, even if that if that's something they compute in their head, like I if it's like I really like this record because the songs are good, but also like the production is really good or or whatever, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's like just a really musiciany thing of us to do, but right, thought it could it's be hard. fun. Yeah, it's hard to decide that when you're on once because like we kind of talked about before, it's hard to kind of flip the switch the other direction. For totally, for us. yeah. Just be an average listener and just listen for the, you know, the, the, see the, see the forest for the trees type thing. Yeah. You know, back up and actually just take a good look. We're, we're constantly analyzing like, yeah. the playing style. Right. And it's interesting because <clears throat> with that, without going into too much detail, like when you hear something, I hear something, you can, you can tell whether or not, uh, how they're holding their stick, even if you can't see it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. So who wants to get started? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to keep us a little bit more on track. I'm going to try. Yeah. yeah. Because well, the, the last time when we did this episode, we wound up like it was, we got, we, we hit a lot of really interesting things. We did, but it was a little off topic of what we set out to do a podcast. Yeah. About. And I think if we can kind of harness the power of keeping us a yeah, bit yeah, yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why don't you go first? I think you started the last time. So go ahead. I did. And this time I'm going to do the same thing, except I'm not going to go off and ramble. Okay. I'm going to try not to ramble. <clears throat> so 
this one's more of a more of like an artist type thing, uh, not maybe necessarily a particular album because I wouldn't know what album it is because I don't really like I don't follow music or that. I, I just don't. That's not the way I collect. Sure information about you know about things. anyways <clears throat> the artist is neil diamond my mom actually introduced me to neil diamond uh not in person uh, <laughs> that would be cool though. Yeah. Yeah, it would be super cool <laughs> <laughs> they're like hey ryan this is neil my buddy neil oh hi neil diamond oh hello does how are you uh, that's a horrible uh, i don't think that's how his voice sounds. i don't think that's how he sounds i think i nailed it though well, really. let's call me jerry <laughs> <laughs> oh Neil, here. Yeah, but my friend called me Jerry. Well, you sound much different when you sing. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the thing about like about Neil Diamond was um, the 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 st- the music uh, always had like m- movement, like always had momentum, even when there were down parts in the songs. Yeah. Uh, like one song that comes to mind is Crackling Rosie. Um, like there'd be like little parts where the mu- they let the gas off, you know, the, and, and back off. Everybody would stop playing except for a couple parts would keep playing. But there was always some type of percussion or something happening. And he always did like really interesting things with percussion. Like right. he would introduce like <clears throat> very <clears throat> um, uh, uh, unusual uh, instruments in, in his. And he I think w- would Neil Diamond be. At that, I mean, at that point, he'd be considered pop, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's a pop artist. <laughs> so, for like a pop artist at at, at that time, which would have been like what he was like really hip in what nineteen what the seventies, right? Yeah, I was gonna say seventies, eighties, right? Yeah. Like rolling maybe just into the eighties or whatever. Yeah. And then he got kind of popular again in two thousand, around two thousand. Yeah. I think it was close to two thousand ten, maybe. He kind of got kind of got hip again, um, but that was happening to like a lot of different artists. Yeah, uh, um, Toto's another one that kind of. Well, they've always kind of been around, and they like seems like they go in and out of more more popular, less popular. But yeah, they're a phenomenal band, regardless. So, like, <laughs> yeah. anyway, about Neil Diamond. So that was the thing I that struck me about him and his style of music was that. Uh, thing. So I started incorporating like that type of thing with even with the stuff that I produce. I don't know if you notice like a lot of the guitar stuff stuff I will send to you or anything that comes from me to you always has some kind of like um I like to call it like a helicopter because that's the only thing I could sure. But, 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 yeah. You know, it's all like my guitar part, like I'll have some kind of part that's down like under everything, but it's kind of just stirring like and keeping un- undulating. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. It's a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun to play because it's pretty easy. It's usually one note. It's really simple, but it's it, like extremely effective. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Neil Diamond, up to you, buddy. All right. Uh, man, I think you know the first one I might start with. Um. Kind kind of along the same lines. Uh, like. And I just kind of got back into these guys like a month ago, but I grew up like my grandma would all like my grandma Iceman always listened to like oldies radio in the kitchen all the time. So, you know, in the eighties and nineties, oldies was like fifties stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I'm not going to say a particular record, but the Everly Brothers. Oh, boy. Really been into them lately, man. And, like, uh, I've been listening to, there's, like, an Apple Music Essentials, like, you know, collection that they put together. And it has all the hits and, like, some others. But, like, man, I really felt like, I, as a kid, that was just background music. So I know a lot of those songs, you know. But, like, listening to it now... It's for being like late fifties stuff, dude. It sounds phenomenal. Really? Like, yeah. And I mean, of course, I'm a drummer, so I hone in on that. But like, the tone of the drums, you know, because you got to think back then, probably recording with maybe one, maybe two microphones on the drums, maybe. Yeah. You know, and everyone's probably in a room together. But right. like, even compared to like some of the stuff that came out of LA in the '60s, I feel like man, like there's there's one song in particular I'm thinking of where like the floor tom and the bass drum have like a lot of low end. Hmm. Like, I don't know. That's really nerdy and technical, but just overall, like the way their voices blend together, the uh, like the different things that are like playing the hooky parts of the song, how it's mixed. I feel like. The thing I really like, and this is going to be a theme in a lot of the records I talk about, no matter what the instrument is or the voices that you're listening to, I really feel like you can hear like the space that they are in, oh, like yeah. like the room that they are recording in, like the the room, the sound of the room plays a huge part in the sound of the record. Dude, I I I, I love that aspect of of when you have a good record done by a proper. Uh, engineer and mixing engineer. Yeah. Cause it's like, that mm. is, that's the charm of those old studios and stuff is like, you went to a particular studio because of the character of the rooms they had. Yeah. Right. RCAA, RCAB. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Which yeah. I mean, some of these things may have been recorded. I, I don't really know in, in one of those. I, the, the thing I read about them was that, uh, Chet Atkins discovered the brothers when they were like in high school. Yeah. I so do remember that. It's story. very possible that they recorded some of their stuff in Nashville. Absolutely could have. But, but like, man, I'm, I, I'd be really interested to look that up. Yeah. But just, because I just, know Elvis cut in uh, yeah. RCAA Ampy. Yeah. So just the way their voices blend together, the way it's like such a cheesy term to use, but like the way everything is glued together in a, in that mix in the mix of like on those songs. I don't know, man. Like it's a, it's a testament to like, yeah, recording technology is light years beyond what it was then. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if records sound richer or fuller. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot to say for the ingenuity that was used. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's warm. It's like, Plus, plus, like the songs are good and the performances are good, so that all makes mm-hmm. a difference. But just sure, this you know, if you have a good performance and a good a good song, but it's captured, I'm pretty sure it's the cat clawing at the door to get into here. Really, I was like, what is that noise? Yeah, she'll see be, she'll see be if fine. you pop it yeah. here, but out and she stops. Yeah, she knows. Anyway. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's my first one. No, no, in particular record, but like you know, Bye Bye Love, Kathy's Clown, like all those songs, man. They just I'm gonna have to go back up and Susie. listen to some of that stuff, dude. Yeah, but do you have Apple Music? We talked about this. I, I don't, but I, okay. I mean, but, yeah, everything's yeah. accessible. You yeah, know, right. other places, but uh, I'm gonna have to check it out. Because I was just I don't gonna send I've you that, that, that playlist if you had it. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't think I paid that much attention to it. I, man, like I had neither. Like I knew the songs and I liked the songs, but just listening to it in the last couple of weeks or so, with headphones in or in my car, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, the uh, hmm. it like really, it really sounds good. <laughs> That's so funny. Because there's other stuff from that period of time that it the songs not. are good and the singers are good or whatever, but it doesn't yeah. sound good. It doesn't sound good. You know? So I don't know. That's just I'll be darned. my take on it. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to my next one here. Uh, let's see here. I've got a few on the list, and I'm going to say that... Uh, we're going to go with the Wood Brothers. So the Wood Brothers, um, these guys have been around for a while. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know a whole lot about these guys, the Wood Brothers, um, but they are, there are three of them. Um, and one plays an upright bass. The other one plays like uh, acoustic guitar. Um, sometimes we'll have like a resonator style guitar. Um, not, not like a slide, um, yeah. you know, round neck. And, um, the other guy, the other one, the other brother, he, uh, is the drummer. Um, and he does play a drum kit, but <clears throat> normally with what I, what I've seen of these guys, he's playing like a, an acoustic guitar. It's been completely retroed into like, right, um, right. sort of like a future man acoustic style yeah, drums. Yeah. Drum tar. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. It's really, really cool. And he make he gets some really cool sounds out of it. Um, and, all three of them are, I think, equally talented. I've, and and of course, the three part harmony is absolutely fantastic. I know that we were talking like about records that like sonically do something, and and with that being said, these guys with the ability um, that and and uh, with how good they are uh, uh, together. <clears throat> Uh, I think one of the first things I ever heard them on was something on YouTube and they were just, they made like a video, um, that had like few cameras, but it was in just a studio gathered around what I believe was a, um, I think it was a Neumann U47. Okay. I think. And it would have been an Omni. It's a good mic. <laughs> it is a great microphone. Um, and they were just gathered around that one microphone and they did... Uh, a pass. Oh, they had a, a small, I think, two or three part horn section in okay. the same room yeah. on a couple or one ribbon microphone. I don't remember exactly what the configuration was, um, but the horn parts only had like little, you yeah. know, yeah. little spots here and there. <clears throat> um, they weren't like fully featured or anything, um, but it sounded incredible the room sounded great uh the mix between the two possibly three microphones was awesome i don't know if they did anything to it you know what i mean yeah 
I think they just allowed the saturation from the microphone, from the tubes and from the preamps and whatever hit the thing. And they just went in and printed it. And then they just pushed levels kind of here and there. And then they just off it went. Yeah. Sounded fantastic. It was so good. They were, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun to listen to. They've got some really interesting songs. They're kind of folky, bluesy, um, really, really neat stuff. But <clears throat> that, uh, I would consider an honorable mention from my, from my point okay. of view anyway. Yeah. yeah. I checked them out after you mentioned them to me. Oh yeah. I listened to them one night at dinner. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it was a very passive listening. I need to go back and check it out. I think what I read though is. Are they are they all actual brothers? I like I, I you, like you I said know? at the very okay. top. I'm not. I I don't know a whole lot about them. I just know what they yeah. call. I think like, one of them is in that group, Medeski, Martin, and Wood. I think one of them is the Wood yes. and Medeski, Martin, and Wood. But I'm I don't know. I didn't. I was like reading, and then it was like time for dinner. But I, I mean, the way they sound together, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they were all brothers because they're so tight in and their dialect is. Yeah very similar as far as like saying what, you know, what words they sing together. Right. Like that's what I have with Timmy. Right. Right. Uh, my brother, when we do our thing and I'm singing back up with him, we say this words the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you what, it, it's like, you know, it's uh white on rice, man. I mean, it's, I'm just, it, we're stuck together. We're yeah. you know, so <clears throat> to me, it's what it sounds like, but then they could just be really, really, really well rehearsed. Right. right. Or just so. done it for a long time regardless. But yeah. anyway, yeah, they were cool, man. I liked them. And that was kind of like a, almost a throwback to like the Everly Brothers type thing. Kind of that like rockabilly, early yeah. rock and roll, but it's like kind of country. Yeah. Which the re the next record I'm going to talk about was like a an homage to that uh raising sand the allison krauss and robert plant record oh boy oh boy oh boy which they even i mean i think one if maybe not more one of the songs at least is an everly brothers song on there but that record sounds amazing and there are a couple songs that like i have maybe a deeper connection to like emotionally but i just enjoy that record because it sounds so good. Like talk about two people who I never thought I would never in a million years have put together to sing. And they sound amazing. Uh huh. You know, like some of the ballads, man, like they're so haunting. Like when Robert Plant really sings like really quiet and intimate like that. Cause you know, you're just used to hearing him in Zeppelin or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when he just really like, you know, it just sounds like they're right up on the mic and, you can hear like every little nuanced thing in their mouth that's happening, but like, yeah. man, gives you the warm and tinglys all over. Like, yeah, there was a record I remember hearing for the first time that I heard that, and it was a Faith Hill record. I I know what song you're gonna say. I bet because I remember. Which one is? I don't remember. Isn't exactly. it? It's the last song. I think it's on. The, is it the Fireflies record? Paris or whatever. Yes. Dude, her voice on that song. I have chills just thinking it's, about it. Yeah. It's so good. Like, yeah. it's the same thing. You can hear every little, like, you can hear her lips part. You can hear yeah. all that stuff. And it's and so good. It's really, really good. Uh, all those, and, and, and early on, as an engineer, 
or somebody makes music, you would want to uh, uh, edit that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. You're trying you, like not to get that. Right. You don't want to hear breath or or yeah. or you know. You don't want to hear <laughs> your your oh let's gate that let's yeah. get rid of it you know, uh, and then later you find out boy it's unless it's something super unbelievable like if they have like four gallons of spit in the corner of their mouth or something <laughs> right but right you later you find out boy those things are what bring in the human essence yeah of what this is of making music especially on the right song like if it if the intimacy of recording a vocal like that helps convey the emotion of the song mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. how do you not yeah i have right. i have two examples of that that i'm going to get to on this you know, that goes back to the thing we were just, I was talking about with, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah, no. really, tr- right. I'm trying to stay on the rails here. It's fine. Uh, about like when you hear something and we're always dissecting things and you can hear uh, whether or not that drummer's playing traditional grip. Like you can kind of hear that and you can see it. Right. And go, oh, uh, oh, okay. That's how he's getting this particular thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. With me, it's guitar playing. I can say, oh, I, I can hear he's moved his hand closer to the neck because he's doing this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where I think with vocalists and being able to capture such a good uh, performance with hearing all these little things with the breath and yeah, the average listener, they know that. They can hear how they're, the singer's holding their mouth. Yeah. And what kind of, like, where is that singer's jaw? They're not thinking about all that. They're, yeah, they but, just, but, but like speaking, like using your mouth is something everybody does. Yes, yeah. and they can relate. And then th- I think that's where things can be absorbed. And yeah. oh, that's very, that's very cool. That's th- th- a very cool thought. I th- yeah, well, and I, that's a good observation, I think, because I think that is also why other genres that are maybe not vocally driven don't appeal to a wider audience. Like, you, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, this is very, uh, a big generalization, but like, you know, take something like jazz or something. Most of the people that listen to jazz also play jazz or at least play music. I mean, right. you definitely have maybe in like some bigger cities, more cultured audiences and, and maybe they don't really play anything, but they grew up listening to it. They like it, but right. The general population, if there isn't a singer, there's, there's nobody for them to relate to, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, it's kind of that mentality of like American Idol where like everybody thinks they can sing, Mm -hmm. but not everybody, no one, not everyone wants to go watch a band where there's no singer because, well, these people are doing a bunch of stuff. I can't like I can't play bass. I can't play. Keys. Yes, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what, know what that is. is. Like I don't know. Oh, that's hard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They yeah they have no uh, like gauge for right. You know. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's an interesting very, take. Very. I hadn't thought about that, but when you just said that, I'll just hit, I didn't. Let me push my microphone. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't. It, it it just it just occurred to me that that is some that that is an subconscious connection. Yeah. 
that we're having when things are captured in 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 such a perfect way. I don't mean I don't mean, I mean perfect. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, huh? I, I mean, I'm just pondering no, the whole thing I, myself. I like that. That's very yeah. cool. All right, so that are you good with that? Yeah, I mean, You're, do you want to do? Do you want to do another one? Because I, I do. I, I just didn't know if you were done with that one particular. Yeah, that's fine. I okay. just didn't know. I, I figured the Faith Hill thing was off the cuff. I'd figure that it was. It was. It was. It, yeah. You saying that made yeah. me think of that. Completely. Well, I can remember us being in your basement. Uh, that's how, exactly where I remember. I, well, that I remember you. You at heard Matterhorn. It. Yeah, at Matterhorn. But you heard it. I think you had either Timmy exposed it to you or you guys heard it somewhere else. And then when you came home, you were like, dude, you got to you gotta listen to this vocal on this song. And we listened to it down on your studio monitors, like cranked way loud. Oh, and my it, gosh. And it was like. In the basement. That's in right. In the basement. You had that. You kind of had it like a makeshift mixing room set up at the time. Yeah, that's exactly where and, I remember. And it. We, and had like the, it was perfect, too, because like you didn't turn any lights on or anything. And that song starts out so mellow and the way her voice, like, yeah, it was, it was cool. Like I have chills just thinking about it and I haven't thought about that song in a long time, but as soon as you said Faith Hill and vocal, I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. B- by Dine Audio, BM5As. That's yeah. What, that's yeah. what they were on. Yeah. Those were good. Great ones. set of monitors, dude. <laughs> that's another podcast, but yeah. It is. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay, cool. So my my next one would be well, uh it, Oh yeah. Go, well, go I was ahead. just thinking I have two examples that kind of fall in line with what we're talking about. Should oh, I yeah, should okay. I do those real quick? Let's let's stay right I'm on. I'm not trying there. to shortcut you uh, no. shortchange you a, a No, 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 no. Go. Okay. Go well, just talking about the vocal thing. And I said this on the <laughs> on the the episode that we lost, which is why we're redoing it, but I love Cheryl Crow. One of my definitely one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh but if I could only pick one of her records, it would be The Globe Sessions. I love that record. And I love every song on that record for tons of different reasons. Emotionally, m- almost all those songs hit me pretty hard. And the performances are all great. But like sonically, the way the record sounds, in particular her vocal, mm-hmm. especially on like, uh, um, oh gosh, the difficult kind, which is an amazing ballad. Like you can like hear the, the strain and the pain and the sorrow and like everything in her vocal. And it, I mean, it sounds like she's already saying this a bunch of times and she's really worn out almost like intentionally, like they got her to that point to where she's real. Like it's, it, t- it sounds tired. like not only physically, but like it sounds emotionally hard for her to get through that song. Mm. I don't know. I don't know who it's written about. If it is written about anybody, I have no idea. What's that title again? The difficult kind. The difficult kind. And it's just, and there's like some great like slide guitar playing on it. And I don't know. It's, there's a, I mean, it's got that record has a ton of great songs. My favorite mistake is on there. Anything but down. That's the one I remember. Yeah, that was the that was the big single. I think there was a music video and everything, but mm-hmm. the entire record, the Globe Sessions, so good. And yeah, I love the way the drums sound on it. I love the way everything else sounds on it. But the thing that's always stuck out in my mind is how 
her vocal sounds. Like, especially on the more, like, the, the slower, more ballad-type songs, because they're all kind of heartbreak songs. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, man, she just, like, I don't know if it's just something she was going through in her life at the time or or whatever, but just everything about it. They captured the essence of what those songs were about in her vocal performance every time. Mm. Um. And then the other thing, the the first, the self-titled Audio Slave record, huge, huge. Love that record. Half that record is on my running playlist. Um, but there is one, and I got to find that. I wrote down the timestamp. Um, 546? No, it was 257, but that, it, the, the other one is just 46 seconds. And I got to... Yeah, okay. Just want to make sure. In the song What You Are, at 46 seconds, when you listen to his vocal, he does this thing that in in any other genre, and especially nowadays, they would have been like, let's get another take of that. Mm-hmm. Where he like, it, I can't even describe the sound. Like I've made the sound a hundred times, but I don't know how to describe it. Where like you're trying, like you're trying to take a breath and then like you kind of like the air gets stuck in your mouth and then you're trying to push out whatever you're trying to say. I can't, I'm not even going to try and sound stupid doing it, but he does that. It's like the second half of the first verse, the first phrase, the okay. first word. And you hear like every part of it. And I don't know, man, like it's maybe part of it is that it's Chris Cornell and he, his voice was so badass anyway. And now he's dead. So there's like, you know, like a, 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 that kind of factor to it. I, I have no idea. I don't, I can't say right. whether or not that plays into how I feel about it, but like whenever I just listen to, it, I'm like, man, that is like so raw. That's like human emotion captured in a vocal performance. Like, and it's just, it's one of those things where any other record, they would have been like, even the artist probably would have been like, ah, oh, I want to do that again. That sounds terrible. I messed up. You know, because it's like he went to take a breath too late and then realized he had to sing. I see. I, I can't. You don't have to listen to it. I can't describe it. But, man, it gives me chills. Should we play, should we play just that piece? Sure. Why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll stick it in here. I see. Okay. Yeah, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, I do. Wow. I, man, I I love that. Huh. I love I I think most of these records I could talk about. Well, maybe not most, but a lot of these records some of the things I really love are that they are imperfect or there are imperfections in them that right. were left in because as a whole everything about it was good. Yep. And I yep. I miss that. <clears throat> Sometimes in this era of perfection on everything, because well, music hits you differently than it used to. You know, like mm. honestly, that's probably the newest, the most recent record. Well, maybe not. I, that that record was like two thousand three or something. Yeah, no, maybe not. But like, I don't have anything newer than two thousand eight on here. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> 
I, I don't know. Like that per, says a per, lot. Perfect music is like, yeah, it's perfect. But I don't yeah, know. You're, yeah. you're taking out all the the character yeah. of that particular person. It's super. Here's the thing. It's super easy to do. It's just yeah. so easy. It's so easy to quantize and it's easy to tune. Um, and, and since the early two thousands, these tuning software, uh, algorithms and the way they do it have gotten so good and so easy. Yeah. Um, that they're, 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 they are, they're very, they're perfect. They're really good. And it's now, but, you know, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. There's certain degree of, uh, knowledge you have to have to be able to do it and do it well, like with tuning, uh, sure. a vocal, but, uh, I've been in session, a lot of sessions where the engineer's not really focused on the performance as much as just getting the noise right. so that they can tune it later. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man, I, I guess that's the thing I don't like about it. Cause you could say the same for quantizing, like. You're not capturing a performance. You're just getting samples that you're going to arrange later however you want. Yeah. So it's like, well, then it really doesn't it doesn't make a difference who you like. It's not impressive to me that you got so and so to play on your record because I'm not hearing what they played really. You know what? I, that makes me think of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... <clears throat> this has been maybe a couple of years ago. I was watching this tech event and it was with Google yeah. and they were demonstrating on uh, a new piece of technology they've been working on for a while uh, called Google Assistant. Not the Google Assistant you or I know right now. Um, and I don't even know if I haven't really looked to see how they've pushed this either to the side or they're working on moving it forward. But they, the, the demo was a guy says, hey, Google, oh, shoot. Oh. No, I'm okay. Mine's not listening to me. I, I'm <laughs> so sorry if somebody's Google just went, went oh, crazy. I'm funny. sorry about that. But they say, hey, G, right? Yeah. Uh, book me an appointment at the local hair salon on Tuesday. Then the Google Assistant actually makes the phone call. Okay. It's, it's a server. It's a robot, right? It calls the, and, and they're demoing this on stage and you hear the assistant say, hello, I'm calling on behalf of blah, blah, blah. I'd like to schedule an appointment for so-and-so. Uh, what do you have available? And then the person talks back. They have no idea. Wow. And they, it was unbelievable because they demoed two different things. One was with humanized inflection. Okay. The other one was without the one without sounded uber robotic, yeah. right? Even though the voice was the same, but the delivery was nowhere close. Yeah. And with the one that fooled everybody before the robot would start speaking, you know what they put in front of it? Like a breath? A breath and a noise. Um, uh, yeah, wow. And then, and then it would start asking or talking. Hmm. But, you know, 
these devices don't need to do that. Right, right. They don't need to go, uh, well, hmm. Yeah. You know, those were all programmed and because that's what we're accustomed to hearing. So backing it up a bit. Yeah. You start taking like vocal performances and removing these little things or just having them sing the line. Just, okay, fella, uh, here we go from the top. All I need you to do is somewhat stay on pitch and just read what's on the paper. Don't give me anything else. Right. Just do that. And then I'll fix everything over here with my magic keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. And then you wind up having somewhat can be an emotionless you know, experience. Yeah, there's like no inflection and in it then like it, it, from a, like an instrumental standpoint, like there's no, you're not hearing what like somebody's intent was because mm-hmm. if the, the common denominator is just everything's locked to a grid. So everything is quote unquote perfectly in time, but music, you can't, the only emotion you can convey is that this is perfectly in time. Yeah. But right. like if I'm playing some song and it's supposed to be like sexy or it's supposed to be like really sad or whatever, like things need to be kind of laid back. Or if things are like really angsty or excited, they need to be on top, they need to be pushing. But if 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 everything is just uh 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 you're right just hammering that into my head all the time, everything like yeah, I don't know. There yeah, how am I supposed to feel about that? Right. Yeah. You know, Uh, Maybe you have a similar experience. I know we're getting slightly off topic, not off topic, but kind of staying in the same vein of thing that we're talking about with emotion and and, and music and how that happens and why some of it seems like it's super sterile. Uh, One of my experiences I had uh, early on when I moved to Nashville and it was it was a good learning experience and um, kind of a tough one because it was sort of an ego hit. Right. And I don't mean like ego, like me being all, you know, all knowing and being so good at whatever. Yeah. But more or less, just I kind of had an idea of what I thought maybe things sh- how sure. they are supposed to be and whatever. So <clears throat> I was working in a studio. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine that we b- both uh, know him very pr- pretty well, Edwin Portillo. Yeah, uh, yeah. he had he had this really really fantastic studio in uh, Smyrna. Or was it Laverne? Laverne, yeah, uh, just outside yeah. Nashville for for a while, and then he's moved. Uh, I think not too far away, and he's just he's working on constructing a brand new studio, which is out. Rageous. The I dude mean, this is place. never short for amazing home studios. <laughs> The, the the he is an incredible builder he's one of the nicest people i know he's a very close friend of mine um and he's uh, he's very talented he is very talented yeah. i i actually listened to him uh on one of his things uh, not too long ago uh he playing piano and singing he's he's gotten so good he has a anyway, good voice too i remember he that he has like, a great voice i remember not like, not knowing that until much later i didn't even know well, that he you really know what saying Funny. Well, he didn't really much when I first met him. He didn't really sing much. He was asking me about like vocal coaches and stuff. And he would sing for me and stuff. And he wasn't like particularly good. His pitch was kind of and his tone was. uh, They wound up taking lessons and got better. But then he wound up just doing it more. And now it's just like, wow, he's got a very good. Like he's got such a good voice. Anyway, uh, so I was doing a record there at his place. And uh, I don't remember who it was, but. I was engineering and 
I think it was the bass player or the guitar player, one or the other. They laid down an overdub and everybody was in the control room like everybody does. They all congregate there and talk and then they listen to whatever's being put down and then they talk some more. Well, <clears throat> the guitar part was down. The guitar player felt real good about it. He came back in and we were listening down to the part. He was already in control room and we were listening down to the part and I heard him slide his hand uh, up the, uh, or down or whatever up the neck. And whenever you do that on a stringed instrument, uh, it makes a, like a sound. Well, um, it just happened to catch me and just like, it really like, it was dead in the middle of my head. I mean, it was like, wow, that, that was prominent. And it sounded, it could have sounded or been interpreted as feedback. Okay. It wasn't real long, but it was there. And I said, well, we should probably do that part again. Like it's like literally it would have been two bars. Yeah. Uh, and the one guy that was in charge of like the group producing, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, said, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, okay, maybe it's not as maybe, maybe I'm sitting in the wrong spot. So I play it back and I'm like, it still is like, I could, he's like, I'm not really getting what you're saying. So I play it again. And he's like, I said, you hear it like the, you can hear like where he moves his hand and it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty. He goes, dude, it's all rock and roll, baby. And, and I, and then I realized, oh, oh, that's not a big, that's, that's yeah. what it is. Right? right. So that was like a, that was a pretty good gut punch because I was yeah. like thinking, you know, you don't want these little quirks. And but then after that day, I mean, I reflected on that quite a bit and thought about that a lot. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I re- need to, maybe I need to realign with what myself a little bit with what I believe to be a good sounding uh, performance. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like. There, I can think of a, quite a few records that that noise, the sound you're talking about, yeah. you, hear, you hear it in the guitar, hear it on the bass, whatever. Yep. I love that. <laughs> not, I, see, I mean, not on everything. It's not always appropriate on everything, but like in certain right. contexts, man, like I, that's how I know that a human is playing it. And maybe me being a guitar player, maybe I'm just, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously something you don't want, like, an overabundance of, like, if you're doing a guitar track and you're hearing it all the time in a three-minute song, it's like, dude, maybe you need to work on your technique a little uh, bit more. You got some fingeries in there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> but you got some fingeries, you can spray on that decker. But if it's, if it's just, like, once and it's in the right spot, man, it, that, that's, that's, like, one of those things where in my head it clicks. I'm like, oh, yeah, the, like these are humans playing this. That's why yeah. I like it so much. And now I can see what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. it's like all of a sudden, like, maybe this is weird. I don't, I don't play bass or guitar, but, like, depending on how it sounds, it gives me almost a visualization of, like, that player's body language. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. oh yeah, it sounded like he like that. He sounded like he was real chill about it and just kind of 
he played the note and then he, he was like, yeah, man. And just, and he slid his hand off or, or maybe it was like really fast. Cause this guy is like, he's really into what he's playing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like all these like things like that are like context clues into like a player or a band. Right. I don't know. Like I like that. I'm trying to think of like a, a drum example. Of course, I can't come up with one, but, but I mean, I, there's a, there's you know what? I think we're going to have drum example here in a little bit. So are we? Yeah, I think so. I think, I, I believe so. At least I'm going to bring up something and maybe. It might, oh, okay. Might. Okay. 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 Great. So, uh, second part of the audio slave. Oh yeah. Well, I, I was, so deba- you had, you I had that first section where I was going to talk about that, but yeah. So on that song at 46 seconds, that's, that's his vocal thing that I really like. There's another song called shadow on the sun. Is that the, uh, is that the one you had me listen to? Yeah. The guitar solo part at, at the two minutes and 57 seconds. It's like the second half of the guitar solo. There's like kind of this slow build and he's doing this weird effect thing. And I, if anyone doesn't know, I think most people do, but audio slave is, just Rage Against the Machine, but with Chris Cornell instead of Zach De La Roca. So it's Tom Morello on guitar, who's known for like weird sounds. Like he's not like a conventional guitar player, especially when it comes to solos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the second half of that guitar solo, man, like no one has ever asked me this question. But if anyone were to ever be like, hey, w- like, what does it sound like inside your head? <laughs> I would point them to this timestamp and say, listen to that on repeat over and over and over. And that's what it is. And then you will understand why it's hard for me to have silence in my life. That's why I'm always listening to a podcast or like music or something, because that is like the closest real world example of like, what is going on in my head if I'm, you know, idle left to just think like stewing about something for too long. Mm -hmm. The hamster won't come off the wheel. (coughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, And that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, that record in general is an amazing record for, for a lot of different reasons, but sonically, man, like it's a three piece band. I mean, there's some overdubs, but like it's loud and it hits you hard. And Chris Cornell's vocals are just fucking insane. It is super hip. I, I got to listen after you mentioned that to me and I listened to that part and I listened to a couple other uh, tracks from that record. Yeah. It's really, really good. I, I can't believe I, I can't believe I don't, but you know what? I, I don't know if maybe I, I might not be like a real music connoisseur too you know well i mean who is yeah so yeah that 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 record was super cool what what struck me about that particular thing when you told me about listening to that section yeah and you were like if i don't have something where i'm listening that's what the inside of my head is like um and i was like uh and you're and you said uh i don't even know like how he's doing that with the guitar to make that kind of thing happen. And I, and I said, well, it sounds like, and you're like, no, 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 man, don't tell me. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. Like maybe someday, but like I'm, 
it is a perfect musical moment that illustrates a thing in my life. I don't need to know how it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? Right, right. Why? It might, it might uh, harm the part because. Yeah, because I don't thinking, want, I don't ever want it to come by and I hear it. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking on a technical level, oh, he's uh, doing yeah. it this way. I just want to hear it for what it is. And just go, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that, that goes back to our previous podcast about like trying to listen to music just as a listener and not as a musician sometimes. Yeah. Because it can it can be tough to like, you know, to just be wowed by something because it's it moves you musically and you're not lost in the thought of, oh well he's doing that like this and if I'd have done it I'd have played it like you know like I don't yeah, I don't right. give it I don't give a shit how you would <laughs> like if you'd have done it that way it might not move me the way it does so that's right you know what I mean like yep mm-hmm. there are there are times where I just have to let go and be like no this this little musical snippet is perfect and I don't need to know anything about it to, to know why it's perfect or why it hits me in, in the way that it does. Okay. Hold on right there. I know we uh, can kind of get carried away at times and this is one of those times. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause here and this will be the end of that episode. Um, but it's going to be a two parter. Yes. And we're going to continue our uh, our ideas on what are great records, in our opinion, uh, on the next episode. Right, right. So, yeah, don't, uh, don't dismay. We'll be back with the rest of the list. Until then, uh, you know, keep your nuts in a vice. <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Good Share Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or just enjoyed the podcast in general, give us uh, five stars or thumbs up or whatever it is that you can do through the apparatus that you're using. If you happen to be watching us on YouTube, be sure to 